Well, good morning. Oh, my goodness. Let's try again. Hey, good morning. Thank you. That's awesome. It is a great day to be together. I, um, I've really been looking forward to this day, and I just trust and know that God's got really good things to encourage your heart with today. You know, I, I was thinking as we were getting ready for today about this, this theme about giving to God, about stewardship of life, but so, so, so much more than that. And it's a perfect day for us to be talking about giving our lives, giving our hearts, giving our all to God. Hey, Tom, that's my cross. That's my cross making that sound. I thought we were actually had critters. <laughs> so today is a perfect day to talk about giving to God, giving our all, because our young people are going to model it for us. They're going to live it for us. You know, um, uh, uh, Mark Allen Powell, who wrote this book called Giving to God, he says, stewardship, giving to God is 100%, guys. It's not some tithe of 10%. It's 100% of who we are in the hands of a good and loving and gracious God. So I was, I was thinking about that, and we get to watch that in action today. We actually get to see kind of a, a perfect picture of what that means for us to take our lives and give them in the hands of God and say, I want to live my life for you. One of my favorite authors, Shane Claiborne, he actually talked about, he said, you know, I grew up in church my whole life, and I, I felt like I was told what to believe and what to believe and what to believe, but no one showed me how to live what I believe. If you're like me standing here today, I want to know how to live what I believe. Are you with me? I want to know how to live what I believe. And our young people, I think, are going to challenge us and give us a picture of what that faithful living can really look like in real life and how you develop that picture of faithful living. Would you please pray with me? Father, I'm so grateful for uh, just all the things that we get to celebrate today. That A new morning, that we have breath in our lungs, that we're able to be called together and, and gather in this place and know that you are here. That we have seniors that uh, we're just so proud of to send off in the world with confidence. That we have these young people who are standing up declaring their faith, that they've opened the door of their hearts to you and they're offering all of themselves into your hands. Sometimes in our lives, the picture of what it means to be a, a follower of Jesus it sometimes gets blurred or sometimes it gets twisted. Today, help us hear clearly. Help us see clearly what it would mean for us to follow Jesus together, follow you together. And Lord, my, now I just would pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together would be pleasing in your sight. In your precious name we pray. Amen. So I love pictures. I don't know about you, but I love pictures. Maybe your refrigerator's got grandkids' pictures or your own kids' pictures. My kids make me pictures all the time. And a lot of time I, times I have to actually ask questions to try to get at the root of what the picture's all about. I had this experience this last week. Katie I, I made, drew this picture, and I found it sitting at home. And here's this picture. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I guess we shouldn't have gone and seen you know, Nightmare on Elm Street together or something. But... I was like, what is that picture about? And I was kind of, you know, freaking out. And I went up to Katie and I said, what is that picture about? And she, she takes it and she turns it sideways and she goes, it was the windstorm on Wednesday. <laughs> no joke. No joke. My gosh. God is good. God is good. And I thought, what a great place to start today. If we're trying to look at that picture of what faithful living needs to be about... The first place we got to start is our perspective matters. 
It's not 666. It's just a windstorm, Daddy. <laughs> Our perspective matters. And sometimes we need to turn and look at things a little differently. Maybe it's, we need to be reminded when things go a little bit sideways, we just need to turn things and start with perspective. And so as I was uh, preparing and we were on retreat this weekend, I thought about the fact that our affirmation students, they're giving us two great gifts today. They're modeling, they're showing us two great gifts today. One, they're going to teach us a little bit about the right perspective of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And secondly, they're going to show us that they've been practicing in little ways what a clear picture of following Jesus together is all about. So we're going to hear about the right perspective and also a clear picture. So we just got back from the dive retreat. These pictures are freaky. You know, (laughs) we got a little bit moldy up there. I don't even know. We couldn't get the pictures to work out. But imagine that we aren't highlighted. We're just beautiful kids, beautiful people. Um, We were up at the gorge. We had 11 students on our dive retreat. Dive is our high school discipleship program. On Sunday mornings, they meet over here um, at the second service. And part of the, uh, the dive program is to help our young people come to a place where they can publicly declare, hey, this is my faith. This is my faith. I own it. Thanks, Mom and Dad, for bringing me up in church. Hey, thanks, church, for nudging me, encouraging me along. Thanks, Sunday school teachers, grandmas, grandpas. But today I'm saying, this is my faith. I own it. And so we spent a weekend together and and talking about that, and they're prepared to come and not just share about their faith, but share how that's practically being lived out through how they see God alive in Scripture. But starting with that right perspective is really about this question of, who is Jesus in your life? Who is Jesus in your life? That's what the students are reflecting on, is they're saying yes to Jesus. Before you say yes to Jesus, you better think about who is Jesus in your life. My first sermon ever, I was in Cameroon on Palm Sunday, and I typed out three pages to, to, to read in this English-speaking Cameroonian church. Um, and I, I got up there. It was, it was really dry and boring. You wouldn't have a clue. Oh, actually, of course you know what that's like. So, um, But I, I read these three pages, and I was just sweating, just going crazy. And then one of my Cameroonian friends, he stands up, and he summarizes it in pidgin English. He translates this three-page thing I read, and he just goes, Who be Jesus to you? Who be Jesus to you? Huh? Huh? Who be Jesus to you? And then he sat down and people were like, Oh my gosh, that was awesome. I was like, dude, I I preach a pretty good sermon when it's translated. So if any of you feel led by the Spirit to come up and clarify, no, please don't. But that's the question. Who is Jesus to you? The world has some pictures. Man, you can buy the t-shirts. Jesus is my homeboy. Jesus, God is my co-pilot. You know, I'm going to keep God and Jesus around for when I'm really in trouble and he's going to throw me a a line. Is that what it's about? Even as believers, we finish this sentence, Jesus is my friend, Jesus is my savior, Jesus is my helper, my shield, my deliverer. These are really, really good words. But I want to encourage you, the perspective that we're really looking at today about faithful living is even more than just those words. Because I can say, Jesus is my Savior, and still keep that door closed. I can send notes under the door and say, Jesus, help me out of this. Save me in this situation. I totally messed up. Save me in this situation. And I can totally keep that door closed. I can still say, Jesus is my Savior. Do you know what I'm talking about? Today, the perspective about these words, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. And that's what 
these young people are standing up. It's the first creed of the church. Credo means I believe. I believe that Jesus is my Lord. We don't use that word very much, Lord, in our culture. But, but Lord means boss. He's my master. He's my leader and my guide. Means I'm going to give up control. I'm going to fully say yes. 100% of what I can say yes to, I'm going to say yes to. The door is all the way open. I remember when I was 14 and I had my confirmation service. And I, our youth pastor was prepping us. And he says, today, when you're asked, is this your faith? Don't say yes for your mama's sake. Don't say yes for grandma who came out to watch you in a you know, robe in a carnation. It's about you saying, yes, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and open that door fully. I'd love if you could to, uh, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 10. Because we're going to look at kind of the core verse that helps us get that perspective right. About what these young people are doing by publicly saying, this is my faith. I'm actually going to start in verse 8. Romans chapter 10. But what does the word say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we are proclaiming. The word of faith that we're declaring to everyone. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As scripture says, anyone... Anyone who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. When you throw that door open and say, God, I, this life is too big for me. I can't do this on my own. I think Jesus is saying, ah, it's good. It's a good time. I'm ready to be your Lord. And that's the right perspective then for us to start to figure out what the picture looks like from there. Because we'll know what the picture looks like when we have the perspective right. We need to start... By knowing that when we say 100% yes to Jesus, we're saying, Jesus, you're Lord. So practically speaking, what's that, what does that picture look like? You know, these young people this, this last weekend, they've been trying to live that out. Just in, in the basics of faith. Following Jesus together really means meeting Jesus in Scripture and in silence and in prayer. And it means meeting Jesus in community with others. That's what following Jesus together is all about. That's what we were practicing on retreat this last weekend. It reminds me of Hebrews chapter 10. It says, you know, so many people don't give up on meeting together, church. Because so many people are in the habit of doing that. Don't give up meeting together. These are the habits that help us get that clear picture of what it means to be faithful in our living. Now, some of you might be like, oh, not again, he's going to talk about, you know, together is better or following Jesus together, blah, blah, blah. I tell you what, I will stop preaching about it when I'm not struggling with it anymore. And when I see that the church isn't struggling with it anymore. It's true fact. I need to hear it every day because I want to go away and do faith by myself and leave others out. Or I want to go and try to do life by myself and not make space for time with God. And that's not the picture of what faithful living looks like. At this time, I'd actually love to invite up our dive class. Um, there were 11 of us on retreat, and uh, five of them are affirming their faith for the first time. And what part of our, our time together was to actually 
do exactly that. Spend time with Jesus in prayer and in Scripture and ask the question, what's, what's a verse that God's got for me right now in my life that I most need to hold on to with the promise to know He's with me and for me? And so several students are going to step up. They'll, they'll share their names, and then they'll uh, let you know what, what uh, grade they're in, and then they'll share their life first in a little bit why they picked it out. Hi, my name is Colleen Heiderecht, and I am in, well, I am a homeschooler, so I think I am in 11th grade. <laughs> and uh, um, this weekend at the dive retreat, um, we were in the gorge, and um, so we were out in nature a lot, and we spent a lot of time in worship and talking about what we've learned in dive this year. And it got me thinking a lot, because I'm not a senior, but I'm at a a point in my life where I'm a little unsure of who I am and where I'm going in my life and um, where God is going to use me. So I wanted to find a life verse that talked about, um, you know, a little bit of my um, unsure thoughts and and how God would would deal with that. So I found Psalm 40. Um, So Psalm 40... I actually like the entire psalm, but I'm not going to read it to you. Um, so I'll just read the, uh, the two verses that stood out the most to me. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. So the psalm kind of talks about um, asking God to to rescue you from from your troubles and your problems, and for me that's that's what I needed to hear that God is gonna is gonna set me on a firm place um, if I just put all my trust and faith in Him, and so I am happy to tell all of you in the world that I am a follower of Christ, and I'm gonna live for Him no matter what. Um, my name is Julia, and I have been going to Opus for about um, three years now. I'm a junior at Sunset High School, but um, I've um, never really thought deep enough about what my faith means to me in, you know, in my life, and more so what it's doing in other people's lives. And I think this this dive retreat was really helpful in me. Um, listening to what what I want out of life. And so my passage was from Second Peter 5 through 9, and it says, For this very reason, make every effort to add your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. And I think this stood out to me is because... When I was really little, I used to be afraid of everything. And I mean everything. You name it. Santa Claus, Heights, the Grim Reaper. I, I don't know. But um, this year, I went to Disneyland. And I went on every single roller coaster. And I, went, I convinced my dad to go on the Malibuomer. And I was fearless. And my dad's like, you were fearless. And I kind of laughed at myself. I was like, I was fearless? What? That's so crazy. But, um... I, I think I was kind of questioning why that was. What changed? 
And the only thing I could really think of was that I had grown in my love for God, and I know that no matter what, he, is, he will protect me. Now, I do have one fear, and that fear is failure. Failure. So when it says they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive, I think those are pretty good rules to live by. Perseverance. Keeping going no matter what. Brotherly kindness. Loving everyone no matter what they do. Goodness. Could be subjective, but it shouldn't be. Now, it goes on to say, but if everyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind, but has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Now, my mom had earlier, before I went on the dive retreats, had said something to me. Julia, cleanliness is next to godliness. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? It's so much more than that. And then I read this verse, and I was like, wow. She really hit it on the spot, didn't she? So... I think that if I can just put my faith and love into God, that he will just take away all my burdens. And that's what I hope will happen. And I just will love him and cherish him no matter what. And I think that that's what's most important. Two pretty tough acts to follow, huh? (laughs) Um... I'm Caitlin, and I'm a junior at Banks, and this is my third time reaffirming my faith through the dive program, (sighs) so I'm really nervous. Um, Something that has really been um, really, like, blatant in my life, I think, is how rapidly change is coming for me. Um, Just in the past two weeks, me and my mom have visited two different colleges, and it's just like... I, I feel like such a different person, um, I, yeah, than I was when I was like a freshman and I could just be all, oh yeah, hey everyone, all happy and like all those things. And I just, I've been really, really unsure of who I am and who I'm going to be and what I'm supposed to do with my life. So, um, these two verses, yeah, I have two, I couldn't decide, um, they, kind of struck two different points in that. So the first one is Proverbs 4, 11 through 13. I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. My favorite part of that verse was the very last line, guard it well, for it is your life. Because that's pretty much what it is. It's, it's telling me that um, God's instruction will be what I need to do. And so I can trust in that and hold my faith in that. And then the next one is Proverbs twenty twenty four. A man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? And that was really reassuring because it lets me know that it's okay to question and it's okay to doubt because you're not supposed to know. I mean, God is so much smarter than all of us. So how could any of us understand? So I feel after this dive retreat, I feel a lot better about my faith because before it was kind of just like, okay, I'm questioning and doubting. I'm a bad Christian. What am I going to do? And now it's like, it's not that at all. 
like it's healthy to question and it's healthy to doubt because that is what makes you grow. So, yeah. Thank you guys. You can sit down. What do I do with this? Oh. <laughs> you guys can stand up there all the time if you want, but go ahead and have a seat. Don't I have a cool job? I get to hang out with these guys. And actually, as the adults were uh, sharing with them on the retreat, I still have those questions. Anybody else? I still have those fears. I still have those needs. But here's the picture, guys. They went away together. And then they took some time apart with God. And they actually opened up Scripture and they reflected on their lives. And they found intersections between what was going on with them and what God had going on for them. And then they came back and they shared together. And it was solidified and concrete, this proclamation that they want to make. That Jesus is my Lord. I'm so grateful, guys, for your faith. You are my teachers. Thanks for uh, the challenge I think that you bring to all of us. Because I guess as we, we go to close today, I want to think about what I most heard in, in their sharing. What they're doing today is they're saying, I'm taking responsibility for my own faith steps and saying, God, I need you. It's not up to mama anymore. It's not even up to the church. The church is there to support us. But they're taking responsibility for their faith. And they're saying, you know, the bottom line is this is going to be my faith. The Bible's not going to read itself. Quiet times ain't going to happen without some intentionality. I'm not going to connect with other Christians unless I get out of my seat and I get somewhere and I connect with other Christians. That's a picture of what faithful living is all about. It challenges me and hopefully it challenges you because today I hope that we walk away thinking, you know, I want to be a little bit more sure of how that picture is coming into focus for me. So this past week for me, I wanted to share this passage. If you are reading along in some, the, some of the readings in, uh, in our bulletins, this is such a great passage that came up, and I really think it's a great place to end from Isaiah 58. I'd never heard this quite the same way. So uh, just read along, and, and I'll share it with you. He writes, Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly... Um, let me start, and then you will call. Okay, it's not verse 9. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer... You will cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourself in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday. You know, it's been a long time, I think, since I have reflected on the question, How am I going to spend myself for God? Fully living for God. Faithfully living for God. How am I going to spend myself? I'm just so busy and frantic that I don't even stop and press pause long enough to reflect on the investments I'm making with my focus, my passion, my energy, my time, my resources. How am I going to spend myself? Guys, I heard from these young people, they want to spend themselves getting to know God more deeply and letting that live, be lived out in their lives and their relationships. Is that true? That is a beautiful picture of faith. It's a beautiful picture of faith. And so I want to, I want to leave you with that in this one uh, kind of side note. If you're like me, sometimes, Caitlin, you spoke to it. We reflect on these things, we feel challenged, we feel encouraged, and we start beating ourselves up. I can't give 100% to God. 
I can't open that door to God. There's a bunch of stuff in the way for the door. I can't even open it up. And we start beating ourselves up. Uh, just a great writer, Mike Iaconelli, says, You know what? If there are times that all you got to give is 70%, give 100% of that 70% to God and feel great about it. There are times when you might just be such a wreck, you feel like all you got is 40% to give. Give 100% of that 40% to God, of all of you, as much as you can give, and God will take care of the rest. Because you know what It makes the picture perfect? It's not us. It's a good and loving God that wants to lead us in faithful living. Would you please pray with me? Father, I'm thankful for these young friends for uh, just the inspiration and um, the gift of being part of their process of putting the right perspective and focus that you are Lord. You want to guide and lead. You want to have our, the doors of our hearts fully open to you. And then also for that, just that picture of living faith out in real ways of going to you in prayer and your scripture and, and being fed by you and by being lifted up and supported in community. All these things, Lord, each of us need them more deeply in our lives. Help us take time to reflect, be encouraged, to know that you want us to experience you more and more each and every day as we try to live faithfully for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.